right, we're still talking about worship, and today I'm still in that same theme. We're going to go into a different area today, but keep worship in mind, amen, because that is exactly what the believer is doing. We are made to glorify him, and we are made to enjoy him, and we'll be doing that forever. The expectation from the time that we show up on this planet is that we would glorify God. And by God's mercy, he has not wiped us out for not doing that for decades. Amen? And now that we understand these things, it is our job, our responsibility, and hopefully by the power of the Holy Spirit, our desire to do what we are called to do. Amen? And that is to live whole lives of worship. So, If you don't mind, turn with me to James, the third chapter. James, the third chapter, verses 1 through 12. James 3, verses 1 through 12. Uh, The Word of God reads, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for... We who teach will be judged more strictly. Amen. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we can control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want it or wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Among all the parts of the body, wow, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Here's the point right here. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out With both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No! You can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. I want to speak to you from the title this morning, Worshiping God by Controlling Your Tongue. Worshiping God by Controlling Your Tongue. Now, as your pastor, I am the head teacher of this church, but I am not the master of anything that I've ever taught you. I've not mastered it. Amen? I cannot think of any sermon that I've ever preached that I did not have to go home and live and learn and practice it myself. I have been convicted by most of, if not all of, my own sermons. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So I am sitting at my office, wherever I'm at, or in my home, tidying up things or coming here and kind of freshening up things and making sure that the message is just right, thinking to myself, you're talking to me, aren't you? Amen. Amen. So with that said, I'm going to jump right in with you with this message. And I pray that God will use this sermon to transform all of us. And if by chance you are human, 
if there's any aliens in the house, don't say it. We don't need to know. I don't want you to disrupt service. But by chance you are human and you feel some conviction today, know that you are not alone. Amen? All right, let's go back to where we were last week. My daddy's scripture. Colossians 1.16. Real quickly. Colossians 1.16. For by him all things, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible things we see, and invisible things we cannot see, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, the angelic ranks or the demonic ranks, amen, amen. All things were created by him, and here's the big one, for him. Jesus, by all things, by, by him all things consist. Everything is being held together because of him. Everything was created by him, through him, and for him. Amen. Amazing, right? So you are not here for the purpose that you think you're here for. Amen. We are not created to get great jobs. We are not created to find incredible spouses. We are not created to store up money and go in retirement. We are not created for all those things. That's something we may do, but that is not the purpose for our lives. We are created for Jesus. Period. The end. As I said last week, our purpose is worship, and heartfelt worship always starts, if it's by the Spirit, and not just some kind of stale routine, if it's by the Spirit, worship Him in spirit and truth, if it's by the Spirit, if it's of the Spirit, if it's high-spirited worship, however you want to see that, then it is always going to be worship that comes from a place of love. Amen? Amen. And last week we went over the scripture, Mark 12, 30, and 31. I just want to touch on the second part of it today. The first part of it, Mark 12, 30, and 31, King James Version, do you have it? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, help me, Holy Spirit, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. So if I'm loving God with all of me, then whether your praise and your worship is quiet or loud, it's coming from a place of intense love unto God. If you don't love God, if you don't have an understanding of who God is, if you don't worship him in spirit and in truth, the truth of who he is, not what we've made him up to be, but if we're worshiping him in spirit and truth and we love God, then there will be this fervent, there will be this hot, there will be this intense, whether it's ah or ooh. There'll be real worship that's heartfelt. Why? Because you love him. Amen? We love God because he first loved us. Amen? All right, that's the first commandment. And then the second part, verse 31 says, and the second is like, just as important. Are you hearing me? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Amen? The tie. Can't say I love God and not love my neighbor. Those two things are not, they don't go together. All right? So evidently what we see here is how we treat people (laughs) That is very important to God. Amen? Amen. So when we come to a worship service, one of the things we do is we worship God in the way that we just did. What are you saying, Pastor? We worship God by how we talk to God. Amen. We use words of worship. We use words to worship our God. We tell God. God, we love you. God, I appreciate you, God. God, you are worthy. We speak truth about our God. We talk about his attributes. Lord, you are faithful. You are good. Lord, you are majestic. 
When you start getting deep into who he really is, God, I honor you. I understand that the angels have nothing better to do but to say wonderful things about you. So what am I supposed to do? Amen? All they can say is holy, holy, holy. I've never seen anything like you. So we use words to express our adoration, our worship to God. Did you know that we also can worship God by how we talk to each other? It ought not be that I worship God with good words and then step out of worship and call you everything that God didn't make you. Amen. So, to help us with this, God has sent us this man by the name of James who speaks by the Holy Spirit in the third chapter. Let's go there. James, the third chapter. James 3, verse 1. Let me just give you what's happening here. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. So this is what was happening. Back in the day when the Bible was written during those biblical times in the Jewish culture specifically, amen, there was, there, there was this rush to, there was this desire to, there was this, people would clamor to get to the point to where they would be a teacher. It, it would be a great opportunity if you could be called Teacher Jamie. Teacher Donna, Teacher Joe. It was considered a position of great respect and great honor. The teacher was considered to be the leader in the community. People would listen to the one they called teacher, and they would do what the teacher said. All right? But to be called a teacher was also synonymous with another word. It was like being called master. So this is a very, very high, high level of authority, high level of respect. But James is saying that teachers must be careful because in this position, God is going to judge you more strictly. Why? Because some of the church leaders at that time were using their tongues... (laughs) or is their speech or their words to control the church by intimidation. They would control the church by criticism to maintain their place of leadership. Okay? So they would put people down in a public situation, you know, in a public, you know, arena. They would put people down and bring attention to their flaws in order to, you know, uplift themselves. So I have insecurities, so what I got to do is I got to squash you. So they would use their tongues in a way that was just criticized and critical. You know, when they find out something about you and they just want to, you know, they make a big deal about it. You know, you got flaws, you got things that you're not doing quite right or whatever have you. And, you know, you're not living up to the law. You're not whatever. You know, you're not, you know, you're not a good church member. Let me break you down so everybody can see how wonderful I am. Look at you. Okay. So it was controlled by intimidation, criticism, amen? The tongue became a tool for domination, dominate people. So desiring to be a leader, James is saying here, means that there's more accountability because God is looking not only at what you said as to whether or not it was edifying, encouraging to be used for correction or whether or not it was just about control. God is looking, not only what you said, but he's looking at the motive for why you said it. Amen? Did you use your tongue to uplift and encourage and correct and admonish? Or was it simply about fear and control and uplifting yourself? Although many people strive to get this position, James wants to make this point. And here's his point. And hear this. The person that we ought to be paying attention to, the person that really has spiritual maturity, look up here. The person that has real spiritual maturity is the one who can control their mouth. If you're going to pay attention to somebody, if you're going to call somebody teacher, if you're going to say that so-and-so is spiritually mature, then they ought to be able to prove it by their control of their tongue. Wow. Wow. Verse 3, 
The Word of God says, uh, we make a large, or we can make a large horse go <laughs> wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. We control the horse by moving it. The horse is a very large creature. If you stand next to a full-size horse, you will recognize that you've been dwarfed. Very strong. Amen? They tell you don't walk behind a horse. Be very, very careful. He will kick you in Hayward. Okay? So you have to be very careful. It's a very strong, very massive creature. Amen? And, and they say, that James is saying, we can control that horse by putting a bit in his mouth and just slightly turning him this way or that way, and he will do what you say. Amen? Or verse 4 says, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. So not only do you have this massive ship, you've got the wind and a storm that are coming against whatever direction you would like to go into. Amen? And he's saying basically that the rudder has the ability to turn a huge vessel on the sea through a storm. And it's way, it's much smaller than the actual ship. So people who can control their tongues will be able to control themselves in every other way. That's his point. How do you know if a person is mature in the faith? Not just by the words they say to God in a prayer service, amen, or words of honor to God, you know, doing the worship service, but by the words that they choose when they speak to people, amen. Some people are very reverent in church. They dress nice. They come with their Bibles and you know, you look on Facebook, they're posting all the right scriptures. You know, they quote it perfectly. You know, you greet them on Sunday. They are, you know, something about them. Your Sunday vibe is just completely amazing. It's like, how are you doing, Brother Jamie? I'm just fine. Bless the Lord. How are you? I've been like this all week. <laughs> right? Yeah, but James is saying an indicator of their spiritual maturity is not their Facebook post. It's not how they look on Sunday and what they say on Sunday when everybody's watching. No, no, that's not it. He said to determine real spiritual maturity, look how they talk to people. Period. Check out that. Can they control their tongue? That person is a teacher. That person is a master. That person is someone who is spiritually mature. Ah, verse five, go to verse five. Let's move around to just make some points here. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But in a tiny spark, a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness. Corrupting your entire body, it can set your whole life on fire. Sometimes people don't recognize what this little thing in your mouth has done to your life. Your own life. You don't have any self-control. You know, no, I don't drink any beer. I have not slept around in decades. I don't do drugs like I used to. But the evil that can come out of my mouth. The evil that can come out of my mouth. He said it's just set on fire by hell itself. You see that? Hmm. It's a small thing. But a tiny spark from your tongue can ruin your life. Not only your life, you can ruin somebody else's. Let's say you got a friend that you've been friends with since first grade. You know, you've been buddies all the way from first grade all the way through college. You got jobs now, you got marriages now, you got kids now, and the whole nine yards. You go out to lunch one day, you know. And everything that you've taken to build this relationship all, all the years... All the years, they've been through all kinds of stuff. You know, you know stuff about each other's parents. You know stuff about each, each other's family. All, all, the, all the stuff. You know, I know all your business. We tight, 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 tight. And in less than a few minutes, a few minutes, a few seconds, a sentence can be said. And completely wipe out that relationship like it never existed. Are you hearing me? Hmm? Just like it takes a forest fire, I mean, a, a forest years to grow. Right? You got all kinds of, you know, 
People, you know, one of these days I'm going to take, you know, my family on camping and stuff like that. And, and you know, Yosemite, you know, we like that. Some, sometime this year we might do that. You know, and there's all kinds of birds and animals and insects and flying around and Bambi and, you know, Yogi and all the rest of them. They all up in there kicking it with their family members and stuff like that. And, you know, we go up in there and we say, wow, this is amazing. Look at all this. And we set up our chicken and, you know, and pull out our tents and stuff like that. And, you know, we, we put our, you know, we, we, we do it big. We, we try to do a nice little, little camping trip and everybody's, you know, Grace is running around playing in the grass. It's, you know, it's, it's this vast. It's huge. It's amazing. And then somebody... You know, maybe a few yards away, decides he's going to have a cigarette. And he's careless with the cigarette. Doesn't put it all the way out. Just one little flick. And all of a sudden, what took years to grow goes up in flames in a matter of moments. The tongue has that kind of power. The tongue has that kind of power. We cannot be careless with cigarettes. We cannot be careless with our words. Are right, you hearing me? Someone said this. A few spoken words in anger can destroy a relationship that took years to build. Remember that words are like fire. They can neither control nor reverse the damage that they do. Wow. Once it's out there, it's out there. You said it, and now I got to recover. I told you what I was thinking, and I wasn't, you know, it didn't come out the way I was supposed to, it was supposed to come out, and I said something that it was, you know, I didn't mean it that way, and all of a sudden, damage. Now that person is, you know, trying to make sure that you don't become a stumbling block. <laughs> They're asking God, Lord, help me forgive them, because right now I'm really upset, and I know I'm supposed to forgive, and that happened just in a moment, not because you hit him in the jaw with a big old arm. Because this little thing right here was not un- under control. Okay? Careful. Skip down to verse 9. Sometimes it, the tongue, praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Woo, that thing preaches itself. Surely, brothers and sisters, this is not right. He's saying there should be some, some kind of consistency here. What are you? I, I'm, I'm brother so-and-so. Oh, really? Why, brother so-and-so, what you do? Oh, I, you know, I have a job. I have a wife, kids. I go to church on Sundays. Oh, you go to church? That's great. Who was arguing last night? What that I heard? I heard all kinds of people screaming. You, you go to church, right? Yes, I do. Why y'all sound like the cable station I was watching? <laughs> y'all sound like some of the comedians I used to be. <laughs> and another thing. Beep, 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 beep. Bleeping in multiple tones because it's just, just curse words. Just filth, anger. Are you hearing me? Talking down to folks. Amen. Does the spring water bubble out with both what? Fresh water and bitter water? No. Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from any from salt from a salty spring. Here's the point. We come in here and we worship God. And we use words to worship God. We talk to God. We tell God how wonderful he is. There should not be this vast difference between how we talk to God and how we talk to each other. Amen? And I'm not just talking about here in church. You know? Evidently, there are important things to God. It's it's important to God how we treat people. It's important to God how we talk to people. Now, go back up up to verse 2. I'm almost done. Verse 2. Here's the human part. I love this. James says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could control ourselves in 
every other way. He's basically saying that you and I, as well as we think we got it together since we've been saved, we make mistakes with our words. We make mistakes. We are not perfect. Amen? If we could control our tongue, he's saying that that is a sign of maturity and you would be able to control yourself in every other way. But the truth of the matter is, is when I'm talking with people, sometimes depending on what I'm dealing with, you catch me at a bad moment. You know, I've had to learn when some people, it, some people come to me at the wrong time and they're all wrong times. You know, I'm dealing with something. You know, I'm trying not to choke one of my children. <laughs> you know, or, you know, something happened like today, death in the family. I got to be careful. Sometimes I will move away from the situation before I say something. <laughs> and, then, and then you didn't speak to me. Well, you don't know <laughs> what I was dealing with. I'm actually trying to protect the glory here that I'm representing and I'm reflecting by what I'm saying to you. I, I may, you know delay the conversation or put the conversation, postpone the conversation because I want to make sure that I'm in the right place. Why? Because I recognize that I'm human and I make mistakes. I make mistakes at home. I make mistakes when I talk to my kids. Are you hearing me, saints? We slip up. Why do we slip up? Because we're off our guard. You know, the enemy comes in doing all kinds of stuff during the week and he builds you up and builds you up. Before you know it, you walk in the house like, what? Daddy, I was just asking to go outside. Okay, then go. <laughs> What's going on with you, Daddy? Oh, I just, I'm okay. Oh, I just need to get myself together here. What's happening? I'm off guard. Okay? We indeed make mistakes. We slip up. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who was, who's also a Christian? You got two believers. Two people who are saved. Two people who have been redeemed. Two people who have been washed with the blood of the Lamb. Two people who are trying to live holy. Right? Two people who are, who are cautious and caring about sanctification. And sometimes when you have a conversation with that person, that individual, it just seems like everything you're saying with, them, with their same selves, you are being totally misunderstood. You're both saved. Look, somebody's laughing. Somebody's been through this. No matter what I say to you, there's a chance that you have completely misunderstood where I was coming from. Are you, have you been there? I'm, talking not, I'm not talking about the world. They're good. I'm just making sure it's not just me. Okay. Here's the thing, saints. We make mistakes. But when we prioritize the power of the Holy Spirit over our words, that he's not only in control of what I say and how I say it, he's also in control and has the ability to control the way a person interprets what you said. Oh. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay? So I said what I said because I prioritized the Holy Spirit over my words. And then you also here in a certain way because the Holy Spirit is in control of you. Right? But when we just start talking, see, hasty words. Words without thinking things through. When we, when we think we're bad and we're Christian enough and we're grown enough and we're mature enough, when we just start talking, <laughs> and before we start praying and asking God to help us with what we say, then the devil gets into the conversation. And how did that happen? All of a sudden, we're talking about something entirely different than what we were trying to resolve. You ever seen that happen? I just said hello. Where's all this coming from? <laughs> You've been there, right? I said we should do something about the garbage. I didn't say nothing about your mama. Where did it come from? I said, no, no, I said we should do our bills this way. I didn't say that you were irresponsible. What do you mean by that? I don't know. I <laughs> what in the world? Where is this coming from? I tell you what happened. When you don't take the responsibility and you think too much of yourself and you don't humble yourself before the power of God and recognize your own weakness, you're not inviting God into the conversation. 
So what ends up happening is you're talking on your own. Oh. And if any space that God will not occupy, the enemy will... He'll step right on in there. And before you know it, you're talking about something completely different. And we never got around to solving the issue that we were actually trying to solve. Anybody been there? When we don't invite God into the conversation, listen, saints, never forget this truth, even when it comes to your tongue and other people's ears and how they hear your tongue. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Spiritual witnesses in high places. Huh? Huh? There's demons in ranks walking around your house waiting for you to say something before you pray. Just waiting for you to just open your big mouth without asking God to help you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I did, go ahead. You bad. You saved. You've been saved 20 years. You've been in 45 Bible studies just this year alone. You good. You can go ahead and talk without help. You're amazing. You are the Christian. Go ahead. Talk. Oh, you didn't pray. <laughs> Here comes Satan. Now, what he really meant was this. And, in, and, in, and the word choices that you used, it just didn't come out right. The Holy Spirit has the ability to control not only what you say, how you say it, the attitude and how you say it. It's controlling of the tongue. How many relationships have gone down the toilet because we just didn't pray before we said something? Oh, help me, Lord. Amen. In your marriage... In your parenting, I got four girls, and there are some things that I don't understand about them already. I had to go talk to somebody else who had some girls. I said, what, what happened? He said, no, no, see, Jamie, what happened is, this, this ain't you. This is just them. This is some stuff that just come with girls. So now, if you're going to talk to them, you're going to have to know these things so you can actually get through. They've got a defense system. You know, there's certain things that, you know, it, it, you know, and I'll be very frank with you. Some people may not like it. He called it sin. He said, sometimes they hear things through their girl stuff, whatever all that is. And you try to say something and the girl stuff goes, wait a minute. All right. Now, let me tell you what he said. <laughs> and what you got to do is you got to pray. You got to ask God to help you because you can't trust your own tongue. Amen. You better invite God in to the conversation because he's the only one that can kick the devil out. Oh, you hear me? Hasty speech is sinful speech. It shows that we are not in sync with God or being reverential of God when we're talking. It's a moment when we are not in worship. Think about it. Let that get through. I'm not being reverent. I'm not in worship. I'm not in the presence of God at that time when I'm talking. I'm not depending on the Holy Spirit. I'm taking chances that I should not take. And James is saying, if you don't, you, you got a tongue. <laughs> he said, you got a problem. Amen? If you're not going to be in a place of worship when you talk, you don't allow God to fill up that space, then the enemy will come and catch you off guard. And what we want is peace in our home. We don't want chaos. Right? We don't want chaos in our relationship. We don't want chaos in church. There will be no peace, and you'll be sitting there trying to figure out what happened and how your relationship got completely derailed just because you said hello the wrong way. (laughs) All right? Now, here's the other side. Galatians 6 and 7, real quick. Is the teaching good? Does it make sense? All right. All right. Galatians 6 and 7. We just got through coming from here, but I'm going to show you this in a different way. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So when it comes to relationships, this is not just talking about how to get a new car. This is not just talking about, you know, planting some, some greens and cabbage and corn, you know, whatever. It's not just like that and, and try to get some more money and, you know. You can also think about this, the... the the system, the law of sowing and reaping is that you get what you've sown. So in relationships, if you want there to be peace, you need to sow words of peace. Oh. Right? How do you talk to your husband? 
How do you talk to your wife? How do you talk to your children? What's your word choice? Are you sowing peaceful words? How do you talk to your grandchildren? How do they talk to us? Where did they get that from? Oh. What was the example that was left? Did they see you planting seeds of peace with your words? The law of sowing and reaping does not change just because it goes into a different category. You know, and it's not talking about fruits and vegetables and money and, and, and cars. I'm talking about your words. How you Listen, I cannot expect to have peace in my home if I come in talking crazy. I cannot expect to have peace in my relationships if I come in talking crazy. I'm telling you, I've blown it in this area. I've completely blown it. The church needs to look like the church. And one of the ways we look like the church is we are in a place of worship when we speak. Ah, uh, okay. Second Corinthians 9 and 6. Second Corinthians 9 and 6. But this I say, Paul says, he which soweth sparingly <laughs> shall reap also sparingly, right? Shall also uh, sparingly shall reap uh, also sparingly, yes. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. If you sow sparingly in this area, you have nothing nice to say about anybody. Don't expect people to come to your party. Huh? God is not mocked. You will get what you put out. Amen? You will get what you put out. Don't expect it if you're not going to give it. All right, verse 7, back to um, James 3 and 7. He says this. This is a big point here, and I'm done. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles. You've seen people train fish. You've been in the marine world. You watch the, the whales not eat people today. <laughs> you go to the circus. You see the people, you know, with flashy outfits, and you watch the lions not eat them today. They had a good day. Didn't they get eaten? <laughs> get your mouth out that lion, okay? Get some sense. <laughs> but you've seen it, right? They tame them, you know? But no one, verse 8 says, can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now, if you believe the word of God and what it says about this thing in your mouth and you take the word of God seriously, then it only makes sense to cry out to help when it comes to your tongue. Do we do this? That's the question. Huh? Are we reverent at church? And not reverent wherever else we go. Are we reverent in our conversation? Mm. That's the question. It's not wise to hear these words that your tongue can set your life on fire (laughs) over and over again by what you say and never get any help. Right? No person Not one person can tame the tongue except for one. And that's Christ. And I'll show you. Here's proof. Give me John 12, 49. Wow. I see the scripture a little differently this time. Now this is Jesus saying in context, I want you to believe in me. I am God. I am sent of God. The people did not believe that he was God. That's the context. But as it relates to the application that we get from it, it's not only that we believe. There's always, see, it's one thing to have faith and it's another thing to do. Faith without works is dead. So I can't see a truth about Jesus Christ and not apply that to my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay? So Jesus said, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me commanded me to say what to say and how to say it. So here's my point, saints. If Jesus didn't even speak without God's authority and was careful to only say what God told him to say, 
then who are we to just let stuff just fly out our mouths? Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why he sent the Holy Spirit to help us with our words. Jesus knows we still have tongues. <laughs> Here's the truth, saints. We are here to do one thing primarily and do one thing only. Okay? We are here to glorify God with our lives. We are here to worship God. If we don't do anything else, we must worship God. And there can be worship moments when we're talking to people that we have hard times talking to. There can be. Amen? There can be, there can be worship moments, you know, in times of worship when I'm having a conversation. And, and here's the thing. Oh, thank me, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So I may not feel like being nice. Because of what you said or what you did or what I'm going through that has something or nothing to do with you whatsoever. But if I'm going to be like Christ, then I pick up my cross in the moment that I could say something and allow the cross to help me deny myself where I don't say what I should not say and gain some control over my mouth and make that a practice and where I get used to it. To wherever I come into a situation where I don't feel like it, and I could let you have it, because that, you know, hey, it ain't Monday, it's Wednesday. I've been far away enough from church to go ahead and curse you out. I put a few days before my curse outs. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, okay, you're going to get it. No, 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 saints. That is the time when I say, you know what? I'm going to worship God. I will say what I have been given authority to say. I will say the words he has given me to say. I will say it how he wants me to say it. That is maturity. Are you hearing me, saints? All right. Should I, can I go here, Lord? Is we done? Okay, let me try this. Give me Matthew 5.23. You got it, Keisha? Matthew 5.23 out of King James. Matthew 5.23 out of King James. I'm sorry I didn't give it to you. So my dad said something rather interesting. He said when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted by Satan, Satan said, if you worship me, fall down and worship me, I will give you all these kingdoms. Remember that, G? Right? Jesus said something rather interesting. But peep the order. He said, get behind me, Satan. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and serve him only. And my dad made this rather interesting point. I told you I've been studying with him. He said, the problem with most of us is we skip to serve before we worship. We're not in a place of worship, so everything that we're doing is out of sync with God because we have not entered into worship first. He said, that's not just a temptation fighter. That's, that's something that strengthens you and, and straightens you out and realigns you with your true purpose. So here's the thing. Matthew 5, 23. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar... And there remembers that thy brother hath ought against thee. Leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way and first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. The issue here is the service does not go before the relationship. So if I'm talking to people crazy and I have a bad attitude or I'm saying some things that are horrible or someone has said something horrible to me, I don't just go to church and shout on top of that. I don't come in and give my gift to the Lord and give my tithe and pay my offering and say a bunch of hallelujahs to the Lord. God is saying, shut up and go work that out. You got a problem. Because I care not only about the relationship this way, I care about the relationship this way. It's the cross. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Okay? So it's not service to God over relationship. Huh? It's not service to God over watching your words. It's not service to God before you worship with your tongue. Amen? Amen. It's not preaching over relationships. Like, I don't exalt my position as a preacher over how I treat my wife. 
I don't exalt my relationship as a preacher over how I treat you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not, you know, preaching a relationship. It's not going to the conferences and, and all these other things that we think are so important over relationship. It's not homeschooling your children over relationship. You know, it's not, you know, going to the prayer service and being in ministry. And you, know, you got folks that can say hallelujah to Jesus for 24 hours. Be in service, all night tearing service, they won't even touch their husband. Won't say nothing to their husband. Walk into the house, just be cold. Speak, de- talk down to the wife. You know what I'm saying? There's no respect that you have for your wife. You talk cold, but you want to come up in service and talk to God all night long. Where are you going? I'm going to the shut in. No, go back home and work that stuff out with your wife and your husband and your kids. Before you be like, Lord, I love you. I love you. You be like, wait a minute. What about the relationship this way, though? You got this. Well, what's happening with here? I ain't got no cross without this part. Oh. Are you seeing what I'm saying, saints? Before we try to condemn the world, what they're doing, and all these crazy things that they're doing in marriage and all that kind of stuff, you see how they're allowing everything. What about the marriage that your children are seeing? Look how terrible they are. You got men wearing women and men, and men, men, men with men and women with women and, and all kinds of, now the men don't know who they are and the women don't know who they are. And we talk bad about that. We, we condemn all that. But people, if people were to come in our house and tape record our house, if people were to get in our, in our backyard to see how we talk to each other, with the, the stuff, that, the, the filth that comes out of our mouths, before we go around digging up all the dirt in the world, look at what's happening in the church. I don't speak to him. But let's go to the women's conference. <laughs> See how we do? Uh, we pride ourselves on what we do before God. But there ought to be worship with how we use our tongues in every relationship. Why? Because we're glorifying God, people. How is it going? This is how people are going to know you're my disciples. How? By the love that you show one to another. This is how I know they're really saved. How do we know they're really saved? Not because, you know, John 3, 16. Ha, ha, ha. I got you, buddy. I, rem- I memorized the first chapter of Romans. That's good. It doesn't take away the truth from that. We're not diminishing that truth. That is true. However, if your representation with your mouth doesn't line up, then you're kind of making the truth seem like, well, you know, you know how children do? That's what they do. You know, you, you get on them about something, and the first thing they do is bring up what you're doing. I got a teenager now. It's like, when did you become a lawyer? He was a sweet little piano boy. And all of a sudden, he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm, you know, he's learning Latin and Greek. And he's like, I got a case against you, Dad. That's real. So what does that do? That, take, that puts me in check. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jamie. All right. Before I take out this little speck in his eye, let me deal with this log in mine when it comes to how I'm talking. And then let me sow some seeds here. Of, of love. Let me show some, sow some seeds of respect. Let me sow some seeds of honor and peace in how I talk to people. That way I don't get surprised when I end up with something that, I, you know, different than what I was planting. Are you hearing me? So worship is not just in here. Huh? Worship is not just in front of, in the public eye when folks see you you're nice at the grocery store. Huh? Worship is how you talk to your boss. That's worship. Huh? How you deny yourself when, you, when, you, when your wife can, can clap back and you just kind of go, no, no, I'm just not going to fall for it. I'm not, I'm not going there. That's that girl stuff. I'm not going there. <laughs> we got guy stuff too. I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, well, we do, we do. I'm almost 50. I have a midlife crisis coming up. Trust me. I'm sitting there like, Lord, is this you or is this just me? It's just you, Jamie. It's just you. Get it together. But you hear what I'm saying? Okay, so worship needs to be not only in the outward expression where we see each other and how we do that. It worship can start here. We need to have worshipful moments when it comes to controlling our tongue. And nobody should be a master. Huh? No, somebody, nobody should be looked at as like, wow, you're the teacher. 
especially if that person is showing no spiritual maturity with their words. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm done. Amen. Is that good? Let's stand. Let's stand. We need to do communion. Amen. Amen. Keisha, if you don't mind, we can, uh, I want you guys to share this message. I hope you got that. I hope you didn't cut it off before I said that. <laughs> share this message. But you all, get on Facebook, whatever you can, share the messages. And invite people to come out to church so they can hear the truth. Amen? There's a lot going on right now. The best we can do is put ourselves in a place where we are doing what we're called to do, and that is to worship God. Amen? That's what's wrong with this world. We're not worshiping the way we're supposed to be worshiping. Amen? It's errors. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about this speech thing. Okay? I picked up a book to help me with my stuff and how I talk because I have a problem. I have a tongue just like you. Amen? We're going to go down a couple of lists and we're going to kind of go through some things and say, okay, we need to work on that. I see myself here. This is not of God. I'm setting my life on fire by what I say. Amen? Amen? We're going to work through that. Amen? Let's all stand. Okay. Uh, I need my men.